With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by SupChina. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. After a two-week break, the Caixin Seneca Business Brief is back with all the most important business news from China. And if you thought these late June temperatures were sizzling hot, just wait until you hear what hot stories we're covering on this week's episode. TikTok's Chinese sister app Douyin has scored a huge deal to stream the World Cup. President Xi Jinping has hit out at sanctions, calling them a double-edged sword. Plus, how officials in one Chinese province have been accused of abusing a digital health code system for some very sketchy reasons. With all the biggest stories of the past week, here is your roundup. U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai has said that Additional American tariffs on Chinese imports are valuable when it comes to negotiations with Beijing. When asked during a Senate debate last week if removing tariffs could prompt, quote, more bad behavior from the Asian nation, Tai said that the China tariffs are a significant piece of leverage, adding that a trade negotiator never walks away from leverage. Early this month, U.S. President Joe Biden said he is going to consider whether or not to withdraw the duties on Chinese goods. These tariffs were first introduced by former President Donald Trump amid U.S.-China trade tensions. And speaking of trade and geopolitics, the BRICS Business Forum kicked off last week. As a reminder, the BRICS group includes Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. This year's summit was held online and hosted by China. In a speech kicking off the summit, President Xi Jinping called for strengthening macroeconomic policy coordination to overcome the global economic crisis. He also urged developed countries to pursue responsible economic policies and avoid a serious spillover impact on developing countries. Without naming a specific country, Xi criticized sanctions as a double-edged sword and called for upholding the multilateral trading system with the World Trade Organization at its core. The Chinese president went on to say that the Ukraine crisis has sounded an alarm to the world. Expansion of military alliances and seeking one's own security at the expense of the security of others are bound to create a security dilemma. 
and moving from the World Trade Organization to the World Cup. ByteDance's short video app Douyin will livestream the 2022 Global Soccer Tournament online in China. That's after the platform was chosen as a partner by China Media Group, the parent of state broadcaster CCTV. China Media Group, which has exclusive local broadcast rights to the World Cup, has decided to license Douyin to livestream the football tournament and will also work with the firm to create interactive content for audiences. Douyin also won the rights for user-generated content for the 2021 Copa America, a South American football tournament, while during the Beijing 2022 Winter Olympic Games and Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games, it invited athletes and the Olympic Committee to create exclusive video content. In other business news, China's top securities regulator has issued draft rules for private pension investment products. Last week, the China Securities Regulatory Commission released draft rules that stipulate the standards as well as requirements for the management and sales of such products. The rules came after the State Council, China's cabinet, in April issued a document laying out a policy framework for development of the private pension system. Under the policy, people covered by the state-run pension system can take part in the pilot program. And make voluntary contributions of as much as twelve thousand yuan a year, or about one thousand eight hundred U.S. dollars, which will qualify for unspecified tax relief. The money can be used to invest in eligible products and be locked up in a designated account until retirement. The effort to develop private pensions comes as China is in a race against time to provide financial security for its ballooning elderly population. The country has spent more than three decades building a modern pension system around three pillars: the basic state pension, employer annuities, and personal pensions. Lu Junsi, an ex-chairman of Gri Real Estate, is fighting back against accusations of insider trading that led to his recent detention by police. Lu said police in Shangrao. A city in East China's Jiangxi Province acted illegally during their investigation after he reported six individuals for insider trading. That's according to letters recently circulated on the internet. His allegations add to the deepening mystery surrounding probes into Gri, which started in 2020 after the state-linked real estate firm announced a plan to buy Zhuhai Duty Free Enterprise Group. A retail chain selling duty-free goods for 1.8 billion dollars. Both China's securities regulator and local police in Shangrao, a city with no evident connection to either company, started investigations into unusual trading in Gri's shares before and after the company announced the deal in May 2020. The regulator has made no public announcement about the progress of its investigation. Gri ended up scrapping the deal in February 2021 because of the ongoing investigation into insider trading. Neo has found itself in an uncomfortable spotlight. That's after one of its test cars fell out of a third-floor parking lot in Shanghai, killing two staffers on board. The Chinese electric vehicle maker confirmed the news in a statement. Two digital cockpit testing staffers. 
one NEO employee and one partner staff member, were killed. In a statement, the company said that after an on-site analysis, it can be preliminarily confirmed that the accident had nothing to do with the vehicle itself. The statement was momentarily deleted, and NEO put out a second statement with a slight change in wording, saying that it can be preliminarily confirmed that it was an accident not caused by issues with the vehicle. A NEO staffer told Saishin that the vehicle was an ET7 test model. The vehicle, <clears throat> the vehicle was said to have suddenly accelerated, breaking through the wall and falling from the building. And last but not least, China remains on high alert when it comes to COVID. Just ask residents of one northeastern city who suddenly found themselves in lockdown after a single COVID case was detected. The city of Jilin banned all of its 3.6 million citizens from leaving their residential communities unless necessary. This isn't the first time that Jilin has gone into a COVID lockdown this year. In mid-March, the province where the city is based, which is also called Jilin, put all of its 24 million residents under lockdown. That's after a spike in virus cases was confirmed. Let's turn now to Caixin Global podcast producer and co-producer of this show, Nandini Venkata, who joins from Beijing. Nandini, I think this week you're going to be digging into that story about how local officials in a certain province were abusing the digital health kit. Can you walk us through what's going on? Hey, Kaiser. Great to be here. Yeah, sure. So um, this story takes place in a province in central China. It's called Henan, and I think... It's very likely that some of your listeners may be familiar with this province because roughly a year ago, um, it was the site of some really devastating floods that um, you know a lot of people lost their lives in and lost their homes. Um, but yeah, this is not related to those floods. Instead, it's all about um, how a uh, health code app that was created to um, track and trace COVID infections may have allegedly been abused by um, local local officials for some very, very different reasons. So all of this kicked off a few weeks ago when this article appeared on social media. And it was all about how people who had either traveled to Hunan or they had actually only just made plans to go to Henan. They hadn't actually even physically arrived at this location. Well, they found that their health code app had turned red or turned yellow. And that means that they were flagged as a potential COVID risk. Okay, so on this note, we should clarify what this health code system actually is, because a lot of people outside of China might not be familiar with it, right? Yeah, that that is a very good point. So basically, this is an app um, that um, regions throughout China, they have created their own local versions. And um, as I said, it's all about um, tracking and tracing COVID cases within the country. So um, every time you want to go to a public place, for example, like an airport, or you want to go onto um, public transportation, even when I want to, want to enter my office building or go visit a friend, go into their apartment building, 
I have to um, take out this app on my phone, um, scan a QR code, and then it will show my status. So I've been very lucky. So most of the time it is green. But if you have a problem, then it will turn yellow or red. And the result of that is that um, you're flagged as a COVID risk and your uh, movements are then severely restricted because, you know, no place is going to allow you to go in if they think you could potentially spread COVID. So you may not be able to go anywhere. And also you could actually very likely end up in um, centralized quarantine. So uh, with this case about um, these people in Hunan suddenly finding that... um, they had been flagged as um, with the red code on their digital health kit apps. Um, well, some of them did end up in centralized quarantine, which, of course, you know, is not very convenient, to put it mildly. OK, so let's get back to the article. Why would those officials in Hunan allegedly do this? This is where things get really interesting. So it all goes back to some local rural banks in Hunan. Um, that had apparently frozen the online banking services of these people involved. Um, So they had to physically travel there in order to withdraw their money. And according to this article, it seems that the local officials, they had exploited the health code system to stop them from being able to take out their money from various rural banks in Hernan. So, Nandini, I think a few days later, there were a bunch of other stories uh, following on that from people claiming that their health codes had turned red for for other possibly nefarious reasons. Yeah, that's correct. So, for example, there was a number of property owners um, who were involved in a rights protest, and they reportedly experienced similar issues with their health codes. And then there was also this other case about one resident in Hunan who decided to sue the provincial public health authority um, because she said that they had also allegedly exploited the health code system. She says she had traveled to Beijing and traveled back to Hunan. And the whole way through, you know, with her traveling, she had followed all the local um, disease control rules and her digital health kit was green, you know, meaning that there was no problem. And um, on June 13th, she was supposed to attend a court hearing on a dispute regarding the demolition of her house. But on that day, her health kit turned yellow. So, okay, not as bad as red, but it still meant that she could not attend this hearing and it had to be postponed. So what's the latest on this matter? Um, What have authorities said uh, based on the investigations so far? Yeah, so graphbusters say that um, four officials and one big data company executive were indeed found to have taken advantage of the health care system in order to stop people from taking their money out from these um, ailing local banks. And um, all of them have been punished. Um, some have been demoted. Uh, others have been removed from their positions or received demerits. And Nandini, why is this a significant story? I mean, it's Hunan, which, as my family's ancestral province, has a certain, mm, let us say, less than savory reputation in China. Uh, but maybe it's not so familiar to people outside of China. Of course, I'm sure a lot of listeners haven't heard of this one particular province or even you know, be aware what a digital online health kit is. Um, 
but it it remains a big story because um you know a lot of people are really quite outraged that some local authorities could take advantage of a system you know that was designed to control covid outbreaks um and you know that they would do this for some very very different reasons so this has led to um some really big questions being raised who is in control of the local health kit code systems in china and then who is responsible for acts that violate the rights and the privacy of residents so these are really really big issues and of course as china um you know continues to um stick with this dynamic zero covid policy this health code system isn't going away anytime soon so i'm sure a lot of people may be worried about whether something like this could happen again elsewhere in the country okay thank you nandini thanks kaiser and that's it for this week thanks for listening The Caixin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata with stories from the staff of Caixin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin of Caixin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. Check out some of the other great podcasts on the Seneca Network like the amazing China in Africa podcast and China Corner Office. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to SubChina China Access for the daily newsletter. Find us at subchina.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Take care.